We are so glad you're here, man. I, 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 every year, a couple times a year, one of my best friends uh, texts me and says, hey, I'm flying through. And uh, I'll be there all day because international flights, they schedule weird. If you've ever done one of those, it's always like early morning or late evening. And so he woke up. Actually, no, that's wrong. He didn't wake up. He stayed up. And he has not slept. Now, if you want to know something, Taylor is the guy who taught me how to stay up all night. He is also the guy who taught me the career I had for 15 years of doing design. One of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. And, um, and we have become brothers uh, we live together. It's just incredible. Dude. And uh, his family started a church in Lima, Peru. How many years ago now? 34 years ago, they moved down there. His father, Robert Berger, was a uh, Dogtown Z-Boys uh, skateboarder. My dad was Southern California, you know, surfer boy. They, you knew they were going to be all friends. And, uh, and they've become very, very much close friends. And, and Taylor was flying through, so he stayed up all night, jumped on a plane at 6 o'clock this morning. I picked him up at 8.30. He went and ordered two cups of coffee at Kraftwerk, and, uh, and, and he's good. He's raring to go. He is ready. And uh, they passed their Camino de Vida. He has taken on a much bigger role, really running a lot of the campuses. They have five campuses there and working on a sixth right now that they're building out. And if you know anything about Lima, that's not normal, what they're doing. What they're doing is exceptional. It is different. And how many of you know we talk about every street and every heart? You want to know who's doing it? This guy. And I'm, I've been so blessed by his friendship and the things he's spoken into my life. And I'm so thankful he could be here with us today. So would you just, man, would you stand your feet and give this guy a round of applause and say welcome to Taylor Berger as he comes to preach. Hey, how's it going? Good? Please be seated. So good to be home. For real. This is like, a, it's, it's always interesting to, to, to go back to a city that you lived for a while. And I was just trying to figure out with, with Meredith, how long ago was that? That was 2001? Maybe. It's been, it's been ages. Feels like yesterday, right? But um, uh, it's uh, the, the time the time that I spent here in um, just the Metroplex area, living with Brandon and uh, Bryce and Scott and different people that are around here somewhere. Honestly, it's one of those moments in life that defined who I am forever. And uh, it's it, I've always looked back at it like a, a moment in time that was the different that didn't fit in. And uh, years later, I, I get to look back and go, "Wow, God really set some things up back then." And um, sometimes you might not understand what you're going through. Sometimes it might not make sense at all. But if you just keep going and, 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 and sometimes get to look back and go, oh, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> and um, that moment in life uh, really set me up for so much of what God has done in me and I've uh, been able to do through me. And uh, God's good. And so uh, I'm excited to be here. C3 is awesome. How many, how many guys love your pastors? Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, uh, they they are, uh, in, in my opinion, the definition of a power couple. Uh, they they love you guys. They they pray over you guys. They sweat over you guys. They try to scheme over you guys. <laughs> try to figure out uh, b better better ways um, to just help you guys uh, be in, in the right place, planted, flourishing. 
How many know that the Bible says in Psalm 92, that planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish? I love that. Setting deep roots in the house of God, you will flourish. And it says this, in, in old age, not only just in, in young age, but in, in old age, you will bear good fruit. In fact, the image that it gives is that the palm tree, uh, when a palm tree kind of gives way and, and it's old, and it, it, it just kind of settles, bowing forward, heavy with fruit. And it's just like, you, you, I don't know about you guys, but I want to go out that way. I want to go out giving so much fruit that I'm top heavy. <laughs> that I just, just bow down and, and, and just, just give to the next generation. Amen. And uh, the promise of God is that, that if you guys plant yourself in a house like this, a healthy home, a place where you can flourish, a place where you have pastors that are for you, not against you. How many know that some churches, well, I'm, I'm going to go there. Um, I digress. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I live in Lima, Peru. I was born in San Diego when I was two years old. My parents decided to go to Peru as missionaries. And I would like to say that I went as a missionary myself, but really they took me against my will. And I had no choice. I was two years old, and uh, I had to go. I spent uh, all my, my childhood there. Uh, I left Lima, Peru at 15. I went back to the U.S. Um, high school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, dirty south. Holler. Um, masterpiece, where's that? I love it. And, um, and then I went to, went to Bible school, um, interned here for a while, and just traveled a bunch, and spent 10 years away from Peru. And uh, I couldn't ignore the call of God in my life anymore. That's what you guys are talking about, right, the call? I just couldn't ignore it anymore, and finally I settled and said, okay, God, I accept the call in my life. And finally, I went to Peru as a missionary, 10 years after I left. And it's been the best decision of my life. And uh, how many know, it's, it's a, almost a cliche quote, but if you put God first, you'll never end up second. You'll never end up second. You, you, God, God will take care of you because he loves you dearly, Amen. And so um, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to serve alongside my, my parents. They're killing it, and I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> and I'm uh, just holding on, trying to figure out what, I'm, what I'm, I'm doing. But today I'm here with you guys. And I'm thankful that American Airlines has weird schedules, and I get to be with you guys. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Do you, you have Bibles? You ready? Do you have Bibles? Is this a church? Is this a church? Digital Bibles are okay. Not as anointed as fake leather Bibles. <laughs> right? I, actually, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, even your old Nokia has, like, a, has Bible app, so there's no excuses. Let's go to Mark. Matthew, Mark. Luke and John, Mark. Let's go to Mark 8. And I, I want to I I read, read a, a story it's, it's, a, it's a, actually a very interesting story. It's a passage that is just fascinating. And let me, let me give you some, some, some context here. I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, the book of Mark should not be named the book of Mark. Do you guys know that? Like a little, little trivia? It, it, it truly, truthfully, should not be called the book of Mark. It should be called the book of Peter. Because Mark traveled... And just cherry-picked Peter's teachings. <laughs> Basically, the book of Mark is the story of the gospel according to Peter. Mark wasn't there. 
But he was around Peter later on when Peter would tell his stories and tell and, and, and just give his perspective and give his insight into who Jesus was and how Jesus did things. And the funny thing is this, is that this, this, this book has a special flavor, a special feel about it. And it's, it's, people say it's the book that is the most intimate. It's, it's like the stories told, you know how the Gospels, like the, all the same stories from different angles? It's like th- this version of, of, of Jesus' stories are, are, are stories that were firsthand. It's very intimate. Very, very close by. And we know that Peter was one of the three, one of the top three Jesus hung out with the most. And so that said, and that premise laid out, this story is a story that is unique in, in, in the Bible because it's Jesus healing a man in two parts. <laughs> it's fascinating. Because you don't see this anywhere else. It's Jesus healing a man in two parts. And I believe that the, everything included in the Bible is not by accident. I believe that everything included in the Bible is for, um, for us <laughs> to edify the body of Christ. It's for our benefit, not to beat us down, but to lift us up. Amen? Just to encourage us. And I believe this, this will be one of those messages that will encourage you. I hope so, as much as it has encouraged me. So let's do this. Uh, Mark 8, verse 22. When they arrived in Bethsaida, when who arrived? Jesus and his disciples. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch him, and touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, super gross. Don't even understand that. What's the deal? Maybe he had a cough, right? It was by accident. <laughs> no, sorry. He laid his hands on the man and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. Uh, they look like trees walking around. Verse 25. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. Say again, please. I love that. Again. And uh, his eyes were opened, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Then Jesus sent him away and said, don't go back into the village on your way home. I don't know about you guys, but fascinating, fascinating, fascinating story. Right? It's one of those small stories that, that you can almost just, just overlook in, in your reading plan. You're trying to just get, just get through it. It's easy reading, just go through it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus heals another man. What's the big deal? But he heals the guy in two parts. And uh, it, just, it just struck me one day that that's so much of what our lives are. Now, I can't, I can't go on without addressing the fact that this, this man is blind. And, and, and it's interesting because it doesn't tell us how he became blind. It doesn't say if he was born blind doesn't say that he had an accident, maybe um, some negligence by a nurse somewhere, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe he, he just never, had, ne- never saw anything in his life. But what we do know is that he, 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 he's blind. And I don't know about you guys, but maybe you can get used to um, ha- having a condition, but a condition like blindness, it, it's painful. Yeah. Right? Have you ever asked, have you ever asked, like, yourself, like, God, what, what's the deal? 
sorry, can you all raise your hand, please? Thank you. You too? Oh, my God. I feel so connected right now. Man. No, honestly, like, like, what's the deal? I look at Syria, and I'm just, I'm just tripping out. There's a documentary called um, The White Helmets. Have you guys seen it on Netflix? I highly recommend it. I had to pause and I, just because I was crying so much. Messed up. Over, over half a million people dead in a civil war that nobody really understands and gets. Many, many, many more displaced and refugees throughout the world. And I don't know about your posture on it, but that is a tragedy, and that's horrible. And I ask God, what's up, God? I look at Vegas a few weeks ago. I was up Sunday night, or Saturday night, right, when it was started happening Sunday night. When it started happening, and I was like, this is weird, this is crazy. I stayed up as long as I could. I fell asleep, woke up the next morning, and it was so much bigger than when I went to sleep. And I don't know how, not, not taking political postures or anything, I don't want to even go to that, but just how does it happen? I, I, heard, I read a story about a, a mom that got gifted tickets to the concert for her birthday, and she passed away. Can you imagine the guilt of, the, of her kids that bought the tickets to the concert? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. <laughs> and I just, I, just, I just go, God, what's up? What's the deal? How come this is happening? Why so much pain? You know, um, side note, it's okay <laughs> to complain to God. <laughs> All right? It's okay to go, God, what's up? It's okay to be upset with it. It's okay to go, God, I don't understand. Come on, tell me something. All right? God can handle it. He's big enough. <laughs> so I was, I was just in the middle of, of just, just, and there's so many things. Like uh, in, in Latin America, you got Venezuela, which is, goes from, from worse to, to just, I don't even, there's no, wor no words to describe what they're going through right now. We have refugees coming to Peru, and they walk into um, the local supermarket, and they just start breaking down crying because they see so many options of what to buy. They can't even get toilet paper. And I'm like, God Almighty, what's the deal? How, is, how come you allow this? Are you a good God or a bad God? What's up? Right? And so when you, when, when you cry out to God and, and you're complaining, go for it. Don't, but don't stay there. <laughs> don't stay there. Because if you're truly seeking, God will truly answer. And so I felt like God said, um, deeply inside of, me, inside of me, said, change your question. <laughs> Rephrase it. And I, I, I said, I just spit out, God, God, God what's, what's your will? And Jeremiah 20, 9, 11 just came to mind quickly. It's a famous verse. It's, it's, it's easy cherry picker or whatever. <laughs> because God has a plan for you. It's a good plan, not a bad plan. Amen. A hope and a good future. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I understand that. And, and then I'm, I'm, I'm led to the, the most famous prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, yeah. hallowed be thy name, right? Yeah. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That may your will be done here as it is there. 
it's fascinating because we, we've repeated it so many times, but the implications of what that means is Jesus himself tell, tells us that, hey, 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 God's will is fulfilled in heaven. But God's will has not been fulfilled on earth. In heaven, God's will is done. <laughs> it's being done. It's being fulfilled. It's being carried out. But on earth, we still got work to do. <laughs> and Jesus himself teaches us, hey, 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 let's pray. Let's pray that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what? We're not there yet. <laughs> So the conclusions I'm gathering and I'm, I'm coming to, and, and this is a, a raw moment in my life, and I'm like, God, what's the deal? Change your question. God, what's your will? God's will isn't that people suffer. And we know this because on earth, it's not happening as in heaven. And so there's a deep theological phrase I want to give you today. Can I? Can, I? can, can, we, can we go deep theology, maybe? It's going it's to change your life, I promise you. Write it down, tweet it. I don't even know what, but um, do we even use Twitter anymore? Whatever. <sighs> God is good, and the devil is bad. That's that's it. That's it. Deep, right? God is good. Come on. And the devil is bad all the time. All, all the time. But honest, honestly, it's, it's a simple phrase. It's a deep phrase. It's a phrase that if you apply to every single circumstance in life, it can reframe the way you see life. Because if you're experiencing something that is not good, it is not God's will. It's the devil. If you're experiencing something that is great and awesome, it's not the devil. It is God. How many know that John 10, 10 is true? We have an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Not to give you tickles. <laughs> he's not here just to go, boo, be scared. No, he's come to destroy us. Anything good does not come from him. It might appear to be good at first, but it'll leave you empty and worse in the end. All right? So God is good, the devil's bad, is something that you can apply to your life, apply to your circumstances, and truly understand where is, where, kind of orient yourself. Figure out the space around you and go, okay, okay, I know where I am now. The GPS is beeping, I am fine, I know where I am. So, but, but, but it still doesn't explain why there is suffering, right? Yeah. Um, there's, um, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, at the, <laughs> At the beginning of the year, this, this, this viral video popped up. Um, it's probably my favorite video of the year. It, in my opinion, it's going to win YouTubers or whatever awards. It's, it's a, an anchorman. He's, um, he's uh, doing this big, important discussion on, on North Korea. It's on the BBC channel, and he's very serious. He can tell us it's his moments. And all of a sudden, behind him, he's like in his room or something with like books on, on the bed. It's, it looks super awesome. And his, 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 his oldest daughter, maybe five years old, maybe four, she rocks up. Have you seen that video? And, and it's awesome because she opens the door and just goes. And then, like, as if that wasn't enough, what happens? The baby, on one of those little, I don't know what do you call them, 
walkers, right? Somehow, Ope gets into following Big Sister and navigates the room perfectly. I don't know how the baby did it. It's amazing. And then the mom, right? The mom. So good. She comes in like a ninja. Like this, the door slams open. She does it so hard. The door closes behind her. It's the most chaotic thing in the world. Have you seen the video? Best video ever, right? You want to see it? No, what, what, let's, let's watch it. We got it? Come on. We have to. Doesn't even turn around. <laughs> what was this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited video ever? in the last six months. Honestly, I love it. Now, now, it's, it was, what's so funny about it is how much pain he's going through. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? His face is in panic. He is dying, cold sweat, never even turned around to acknowledge the chaos of his family, right? And so it was, was, was funny is, uh, why did all that happen? So pro probably what happened is, is, is his mom, the, 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 the wife, the kid's mom is in the room with the kids watching dad on TV. Biggest moment ever. Oh, he's, he's worked so hard for this all his life. Oh, I can't, look, he looks so cute. He's amazing. And, and, and baby one and baby two are like, that's dad. But why are we watching him on TV? He's right there. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> so she just goes and rocks him and goes, ah, this is so much better. Hey, Dad. This is, congrats. This is awesome. Baby goes in, same thing, and, and mom's just watching. I love you. So proud of you. You're, what? Where are the kids? Hello? How many responsible parents do we have here? We've all been there. All done that. Now, what's oh, it's funny that there's a, a theory running around, I love it, that the reason the dad never got up is because he didn't have pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Hey, again, been there, done that, right? <laughs> How many Skype conference calls have we had that way? No, no. Oh, man, oh, man. Now, here's the, here's the interesting fact, though. Here's what I want to I, I acknowledge here, is all the pain that was surf, that, that surfaced in that video, the dad and the mom, what was the cause of it? The kids and their free will. So here's the thing. Pain exists. In the world, suffering exists in the world because there is free will. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He says, try to exclude the possibility of suffering, which the order of nature and the existence of free wills involve. And you'll find that you have excluded 
life itself. Try to exclude free will, and you'll find out that you've excluded life itself. Let me explain this. I, I got a wife. I've been married nine years. We got two little girls, uh, an eight-year-old and an almost 15-year-old. Oh, no, it's, it's a five-year-old. The blue she's 15. And um, God help us. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing uh, what we've been able to experience in, in different things. But ev- along the way, I've learned, I'm learning my wife. It's, I, I've acknowledged it's impossible. I'll never figure it out. But I can learn her, right? I can know her. And so if she texts me and goes, hey, honey, can, can you on the way home bring a dozen, a dozen roses? And I put them in a beautiful, clear crystal vase. A pink bow would be, would be nice. Um, like a big, nice bow. Why, why don't you just take a, a card and write, I love you, baby. You are so sweet. I love you so much. XOXOXO, right? And, and put your, your, that cologne, right? Spray it on there. And come home and give it to me. And I'll go, oh, that's amazing. You love me so much. How many know that's not really love? <laughs> How many women are like, you don't get it, right? <laughs> so so that's, that's not love. It's, it's more obedience. That's me fulfilling something that she asked me to do. And it's really, it's, it's cool. It, it's awesome. But, hey, it doesn't really work that way. But what if I, I learned from that first time and I, I, one day on the, on the way home from work I go, oh, why don't I just do the, the 12 roses thing and I buy 12 roses and I put it in that beautiful crystal vase and a big, nice pink bow and the, 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 the notes, I love you, baby, you're so sweet, XOXOXO, extra XOXO because tonight's going to be awesome. And I put some perfume, some, some cologne on it and I come home, no reason whatsoever, and I go, hey, baby, here, check it out. I, I love you. What's going to happen? She's going to go like, oh, Really? You do love me because flowers, right? I don't even know. (laughs) Something special between women and and flowers. You see, if God would have made us robots, love could not exist. The reason free will exists is so that love can exist. And God so loved the world. Amen? Amen. And so, some conclusions that we can gather here is, <laughs> pain exists, suffering exists because there's free will. Suffering is not God's desire, it's not his will for our lives. We do have an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's why we can acknowledge that God is good and the devil is bad. That's why we can, we can pray like Jesus prayed. Hey, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So, uh, band's going up. That's awesome. But let me just uh, run through these points real quick. Point number one, there is pain. But it's not God's will. Point number two, and this is what I want you guys to get today. Jesus is okay with the process. Hello? Jesus is okay with the process. I don't know, I don't know about, about you guys, but if I'm Jesus and uh, like I'm the Messiah, right? Like the, the biggest thing ever. Time changed for me. <laughs> and if that's the case, 
and he, this is awesome. I go and I heal a man, but for some reason he's not healed completely. If if I'm the guy that's praying for the guy that's sick, but he's not healed completely, I'm going to get frustrated, and I'm going to go, "Hey, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm the Messiah. Obviously, nothing's wrong with me." So there's something misfired here. I'm, I, I'm Jesus. I'm perfect. What's wrong with you? Hello? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be what we say? But what I understand here is that Jesus is okay with the process. He doesn't start saying, hey, buddy, what's in your life? He doesn't start, like, digging, like, hey, did, did someone in your past do, do like, witchcraft? <laughs> What kind of what kind of uh, uh, generational sins are you carrying there, buddy? <laughs> he doesn't go, hey, hey, do you have a bad attitude? Hey, where's your faith? He doesn't say anything to that nature. He prays for the dude, and for some reason, he's healed partially, halfway. He's left incomplete. And what I love about this is that we have a God that is okay with our process. And sometimes you might be not okay with your process. You might be going, well, uh, I I don't understand because Jesus prayed for for so-and-so and and he got healed quick. In fact, a, a centurion went to Jesus and he didn't even go to that person. and He was healed like telepathically, you know, that was that was weird. He, t- he spit on me. He touched me. And I'm not healed yet? And so that's when the devil comes and whispers. It's because, yeah, you, you, you're something wrong with you, buddy. Or, no, no, you're not special enough. Jesus loves him more than you. And, and you start believing that Jesus is upset with our process. You, we start believing that the, our process is, 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 is faulty and that... Because we see other people are not having the process that we're having. You know, everybody's process is different. Nobody has the same process, by the way. But what I can guarantee you, what I can tell you right now is that Jesus is okay with your process. He never, he never said, hey, buddy, um, it's, it's, it's 12 steps to freedom. <laughs> He, ne- he never said, okay, let's go through counsel- counseling and try to figure this one out. What did he do? He simply said, can you see now? No? Okay, great. Prayed for him again. Wow. Which leads me to number three. Number one, there's pain. Number two, Jesus is okay with your pain. He's okay with your process. Number three, if you're in the process, stay in the process. If you find yourself in the process, if you find yourself that you've been healed halfway, if you're so sort of over that addiction, but not really, but sort of, but you're better today than a year ago, but you're not all the way like you know you should be. If you're in the process, stay in the process. By the way, can I give you a heads up? Well, we will always be in the process. It's called the constant perfectioning of the saints until the day we are in heaven. Hello? So just stay in it. And, and here's the observation that is so fascinating. It's because this man 
let's say young man was, was blind. You know that in, in those days that uh, rabbis believed that if you were blind or, or, or crippled or something, that it was because of some sin in your family's history? Jesus was confronted with that, and he goes, no. It's not God's will, but God will use this for his glory. Amen. So this is a fascinating thing. So this man probably was taken to the church many times to be prayed over. And how many times did a rabbi, a religious person, people say, hey, hey, what's wrong with you? So he's home, probably locked up in his four walls, probably in his comfort zone, bed, bathroom, kitchen, bed. Some buddies, some family members come say, hey, finally, this new guy, Jesus is in town. He's legit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I've, I've done this. I don't want another rabbi telling me that I am something wrong. Some, something's wrong with me. But somehow they convince him. He decides to put on some clothes, gets let out. I wonder how many, how many, how many rocks he kicked with his feet on the way there. How painful was that? Because they were running, they were in a hurry to catch Jesus on the way to Bethsaida. They finally get there. Can you imagine the thought process from home to Jesus? Oh, no. I don't want to be ashamed in public again. I've gone through that. That's horrible. I'd rather stay the way I am than suffer the pain of shame. But somehow he decides to continue with the process. He gets to this Jesus fella, this, this new rabbi guy, and he does the most amazing thing. Jesus takes him by the hand. Probably the first time a religious person ever touched him. Jesus takes his hand. says, hey, hey, come on, let's take a walk. He lets Jesus take him on a walk. He starts a relationship with Jesus. Maybe superficial, but it starts. That's all that matters. He starts walking with them. Midway down there, Jesus says, hey, you want, do you want to be healed? Do you want to see truly? Is, is this something that you want? He goes, oh man, if you only knew. Jesus goes, all right, you ready? <laughs> Spits on him. What? What the heck? In our culture, that's offensive. In the Middle East culture, it's even more offensive. The way they fight, spittings included. It's horrible. It's like the, the worst of the worst. And he spit on this man. What's impressive to me is even though he went through all those different steps in the process, he stays in the process. I, I would have been. See you, Jesus. Peace out. I'm done with you. Nobody's spitting on me. He stays in the process. Jesus touches him finally. And guess what? Jesus says, can you see now? He opens his eyes and goes, oh, man, there's lights. There's colors. I can see some stuff. This is awesome. I love it. But uh, what? Oh, it's so blurry. Is this, the, is this what it is? <laughs> Jesus says, you can't see good? No, no I can't see good. How, how many, can I, can I be super raw right now? Can I? How many of us have been 
have, have dared to walk with Jesus, have been touched by Jesus, maybe offended by somebody in the church, but decided to stay in the church, and then been, been healed by Jesus, but partially, and we're like, what? <laughs> it works for... It works for Pastor Brandon very good, but how come it doesn't work for me? <laughs> how come Big John is working for him, but it's not working for me? And what we do is we start reasoning, and we say, excuse my English, F this, I'm gone. I tried it. I did it. It didn't work. I'm out. How many have done that? Oh, I've been there so many times. I tried you, Jesus, but he, obviously, something's not happening. This is not working. What impresses me most about this man is that he, in spite of a <laughs> partial healing, chances to be offended, he decided to stay in the process. And what that, uh, that permitted it allowed Jesus to simply stretch his hand and go, hey, buddy, let's go again. So many times, maybe if, if, the, if the dude would have gone like, you know what, peace out, Jesus, maybe Jesus would have chased him down. I mean, he's blind. I mean, he, he couldn't go for, far. <laughs> maybe Jesus would have said, hey, I'm here whenever you want. Shop's open. Maybe eventually he would have been healed completely. Maybe. Probably. But that only would have delayed the process. See, Jesus will fulfill his work in you. The work that he has begun, he will fulfill in you. He will complete. What I love about this is that by staying in the process, he didn't delay the process. Because <laughs> the process has to run its course. He stayed in the process and allowed Jesus to simply touch him. And he was healed. Amen. Here's my here's my, my fourth point. And this is quick. If we go back, we see that there is pain. We acknowledge that Jesus is not, not upset with our process. We're in a process and we gotta stay in the process. But while we're maybe observing pain, while we're dealing with our acceptance with Christ and, and while we're in the process. Number four, we can do something about the pain. We can do something about the pain. What I'm so impressed with the story is that if I'm Jesus, let's be honest, and I'm going from point A to point B, what am I going to do? I'm interrupted by this dude. He wants some healing. I am Jesus, God on earth. I can go this. Hey, you want to be healed? Awesome. Here you go. Bah. Ah, I love, see you later, buddy. Right? See you later. See you later. <laughs> Too much. I, I, I would have been a, just a bam, bam. Thank you. <laughs> Done. You're healed. Go. I would have been so busy with my schedule that I wouldn't have allowed this to interrupt my schedule. But Jesus stopped his, <laughs> the course of his way and he decided to acknowledge the man and took him by the hand and led him to somewhere else. What's fascinating about that is he could have healed him and the man, 
like a drive, drive-by healing. He could have done that, and I bet the man would have been so happy. But what he did, Jesus took him by the hand and probably for the first time in his life brought dignity. Dignity is so much more important than healing. <laughs> Jesus, by grabbing him by the hand, said, hey, you are valuable. You are worth it. You are important. Come on, buddy. Let's take a walk. Maybe you don't feel like you can, you're Benny Hinn and you can do miracles. I, I can't. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you, you got something spectacular to, to give. Maybe you don't feel like you have... Uh, I, this, I don't even know how, how this faith thing worked out yet, but what you do have is how, you have the ability to reach out to somebody who needs some reaching out. Take him by the hand, take her by the hand, and go for a walk. So often, here's the kicker, so often we miss the miraculous, seeking the spectacular. The most important moments in my life are moments where somebody has taken the time to add value to my life. I don't know how many people here in the Fort Worth area are suffering because they're so alone. How many people in this, in this, in, in the Dallas and Metroplex area truly are just walking through life going, everyone's so busy. I guess this is how, this is how it is. And we have the chance and the opportunity to acknowledge a person as a human being, take them by the hand, bring dignity, bring value, bring worth. Amen? And I love it because I can do that. <laughs> and sometimes what we do is we disqualify ourselves because we're in the process. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, Jesus is okay with your process. That doesn't disqualify you from being able to bring value to somebody else. So while there is pain, yes, it's not God's will, it's the devil. Okay, let's do something about it. The devil will come and say, hey, you're not, you're not worthy. No, 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 Jesus says I'm worthy. He's okay with my process. I'm going to help this person anyways. And what we'll do in the meantime is change the world. No, Taylor, how can you say that? Okay, okay. Submit a band. I need a, like a dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Here's the thing. Who wrote this story? Mark. According to who? Peter. If there's anybody in the Bible that is in a constant process, it's Peter. If there's anybody in the Bible that is clumsy, stupid, says the wrong thing at the right time, right? <laughs> There's anybody in the Bible that is, 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 is halfway healed the whole time, it's Peter. But he decided to stay in the process, and guess what happened? Who was the first one to be used by Christ through the Holy Spirit? Peter. How many were added daily through Peter? Okay, Ben, you can go back up. The whole, yeah, that was a great dramatic pause. Thank you. So maybe you're like, I don't know, this is my process. I'm not there. Peter probably felt the same thing. He actually gave up. <laughs> so if, if you stay in the process, you, you, you won't know when 
it's going to break through. You don't know when it's going to snap. You don't know when it's going to click. You don't know when things are going to start rolling the way you know they're supposed to be rolling. <laughs> we can do something about it, though. Amen. I want to pray for you guys. God, I'm here. We're here. Um, first off, thank you for um, not, not throwing us out when we complain, <laughs> when we misunderstand and, don't, and, and, and really truly cry out. In fact, thank you for giving us examples in the Bible like David who you said has a heart for you, the only one you say that about, and he was probably the, the, the whiniest in the Bible. So God, um, thanks for letting us be real with you. I also want to say, God, thank you for being okay with our process. Thank you for loving us in spite of our imperfections. Thanks, thanks that thank you for grace. That is enough. Oh, it's so amazing. Lord, I ask you to give us the strength to um, stay in the process. The courage to stay in the process. The patience to stay in the process. The endurance to not give up while in the process. God, I ask you to bring people around us that will encourage us through the process. That won't condemn us because we're in the process. That will say, hey, you're good because you're in the process. People that will come alongside and say, hey, me too. I'm also in the process. People who we can relate to and simply understand that we're not supposed to be perfect, but we're supposed to be in the process. And God, you desire us to activate us in the process. So not just sit here and wait till we're perfect to be able to be active. God, you want us active while we're in the process. So, Lord, open our eyes to see others who are also in the process. Maybe haven't even started the process. But give us the compassion. Give us the desire. Give us the eyes. Give us the, just the nudge to acknowledge somebody and say, hey, are you okay? Just take them by the hand. Maybe give them a hug and say, You'll be all right. And God, we trust that while we activate ourselves and do something about it, we believe in faith that you will be in the midst of that moment. And maybe we won't see the spectacular, but we will experience the miraculous. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Give it up for Taylor. Fantastic.